across the line, dropping it back into the slot, a chance for a Pozo, they score! A wide open net as Shogren seemed to fall and then was never able to get back and Buffalo has a four to one lead on an easy goal from Rasmus Dahlin. Leafs Nation postgame, Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick alongside me. Hey, they're not all going to be perfect, and I guess they're not all going to be wins. The Leafs falling at home tonight. 5-2 is the final against the Sabres. Gordo, well, what are your takeaways from tonight? Hey, we don't play them in the playoffs. Thank goodness. We do not play <laughs> the Buffalo Sabres in the playoffs. I got like none. I got, you know, it's about it's about good habits. And, there, and, and you know, uh, so I'm being a little bit facetious. So uh, I, I thought they came back, which was good, made a game of it, got a little bit interesting and exciting. But, um, yeah, it's kind of, I mean, Jeff Skinner, I really like Jeff Skinner. This is garbage time, though, for him. He's getting mm -hmm. all these goals in garbage time. But the Sabre fans there in their jerseys were happy that were in Toronto. And uh, Timothy Lilligren, I thought it was the kind of game where, you know, he showed a little bit more confidence taking the puck, some little things. So, you know, it's about... It's about good habits for the playoffs, which tonight wasn't a game of good habits, but maybe, you know, within, again, that word minutia, something like Timothy Lilligram, you can, you can, you know, draw positives from that. Yeah, I mean, in something as simple as guy who hasn't been in the lineup, you know, he's kind of drawn the short straw a couple times as of late since bodies have started to come back into the fold there. And yeah, it's a bit of a fluky bounce that he takes advantage of, but he takes advantage of it. And then you, you look at his game elsewhere. And in a game that just kind of lacked the structure the Leafs have been used to lately, at least on, on their end, you know, it wasn't because of him. And a lot of times when you're looking at young defensemen, that's that's where you start. And I know Lilligren's starting to establish himself, but that's still the kind of guy he is. And, you know, this is just a weird one, Gord, because this isn't, you know, there have been games from, from this team against, you know, lesser lights this year where you go, man, they just didn't show up. They didn't lay an egg and or, the, or they just laid an egg and, I don't know that that was quite it tonight. I wouldn't go as far as to say they didn't show up or there was no effort, but it was just a very blah, meh game. And I, I guess that's what it looks like for a team this talented when they don't kind of, you know, show up with that playoff intensity. But that, that's just what it kind of felt like to me tonight. It was just a night where, you know, Matthews had a couple of looks early. They didn't go in. And then all of a sudden you're trailing the Sabres. And, you know, it's their Super Bowl. And it's Tuesday night for you. And that's just what the game kind of kind of felt like to me. Yeah, you're right. Like, it wasn't a stinker. It wasn't like the crowd would be all over you booing or whatever. Um, I mean, there's funny plays. There's like when Matthews tried to pass to Bunting. And that was weird because Matt, Austin Matthews had the perfect Austin Matthews shot to take and has been taking. And that led to a goal coming back the other way that kind of opened up the game again. I, you're, you're, you're right. Like, if you went... If you went to the game, you'd be disappointed, but it wasn't like one of those you come out, oh my God, this is the worst game of my life. I wasted a night. I'll never get back. And um, I, I find it, you know, talking about the league as a whole, Brent, just problematic that the Eastern Conference has been set for 40 games. Yeah. So, like, it'd be different if, if the Buffalo Sabres were competing for a playoff spot and you were home and cooled out with the Leafs, which is fine, but it, but it brings a little bit more bite, you know, a little bit more jam to the game, right? Like, you know... And uh, like Tampa Bay's playing one of the teams tonight that's fighting for a playoff spot. And you're, you're hardly getting any of that. So um, you're, you're going to get, like, like it's just a decided game. The Leafs are in the playoffs. The Buffalo Sabres aren't. This game wasn't going to change that one iota. 
No, and that that's exactly it. And it is a little frustrating that you don't have I mean, you're jockeying for position, but even that's kind of sort of set in in the East. You know, I think it it seems like the Leafs are gonna kind of finish in that two seed. Not that Tampa couldn't catch them or not that Boston couldn't catch them, quite frankly. But you know, everything's kind of set there. And then you you look at the other the other division, uh, the Metro in the in the East there and Rangers and Hurricanes, they both locked up playoff spots. Pittsburgh, they're going to be there. Washington, they're going to not probably, they're going to end up as a wild card team the way it looks. Like, it's just there's not even the, oh, you got to play for home ice there because everything is kind of so so set in the East. And yeah, it is it is frustrating. You know, I, I, I just want to go back to Matthews for a second. And, you know, it's funny, he gets a few point blank grade A chances and Anderson's kind of had his number a bit this year. But Matthews almost feels like a three-point shooter in basketball now, a good one on your team. Like, you know, we think back to the Raptors championship run and there were just a few guys that you think oh if he's open this is going in and Matthews almost feels like that and it's just you know I wonder what it's like a little bit for the team they're going hey aren't we supposed to have one easy one from him every every single night like it's just it's amazing how much you expect from him now given the run he's been on that when he has a game where he doesn't score I'm I'm borderline shocked yeah I guess we're we start taking things for granted you mentioned uh Craig Anderson's a neat story. We know the health battles his wife went through and just a really appreciated uh, guy wherever he goes. Never, uh, well, maybe a little bit. I don't know, never considered among the elite goaltenders, maybe for a year or two at one point. But he's the guy Austin Matthews scored four goals against his first ever career NHL game in Ottawa, right? Mm-hmm. All those years ago. So, you know, Craig Anderson, if he'd been healthy, uh, that would have been better for the Buffalo Sabres because he's been, when he's healthy, um, their best goaltender. And he had some bite tonight. There was some chirp going on. I don't know where all this is com- coming from, but uh, the Sabres, you know, trying to, um, unlike the last couple of years where they've ended the season with such a whimper, a positive for them will be you can't ever say you're ending it with a bang because when you're getting in the playoffs, you're, it's, it's, you're not getting in the playoffs. It's not a bang, but, but they're really – you know, playing kind of, because here's a question for you. The Atlantic Division, down the road, maybe it's next year, likely not, but whenever it may be, who is the first team to make the playoffs between Ottawa, Buffalo, and Detroit, right? Because I always thought Detroit for a while, just because they seem to be going about it the right way, but now I don't know so much, uh, Brent. Yeah, it is weird, right? Because Detroit, they've hit. Like, you, you would say, oh, it's going a little slowly for them, they have Raymond doing what what he's doing. They have Cider looking the way he's he's looking, but it just feels like they're still a half step behind this Sabres team. And, you know, the weirdest part about it is, and I don't want to make this about Jack Eichel, but if I would have told you the secret to the Sabres' success was just trading away Jack Eichel and moving on, and yeah, they got talented players back in that trade, but it just felt like, you know, so often we say, oh, the player needs a fresh start, the player needs a fresh start. Both of them did. The franchise clearly needed to just kind of take a deep breath. It was almost like, you know, look, Sabres have been around for a long time. Gilbert Perot, you know, there, there have been great, you know, Lafont- la, 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 Lafontaine. There have been great moments, but it almost felt like Eichel was like their high school sweetheart. And it's like, they need to move away. They can't be in the same division. They can't be near one another. And now they just kind of had that healthy, cl- well, it wasn't healthy. It was, it was, you know, treacherous at times, but they had that split. They've made the clean break. And, you know, it just feels like now they can kind 
kind of move on with their life for for lack of a better term. And Eichel's going to be a great player, and Eichel's going to have a great career. But it feels to me like just removing him was so much of the secret for the Sabres. And I don't look at that as like, oh, Eichel's a cancer in the room or anything, but that situation has clearly become completely untenable, and it's amazing how much this has helped them. Yeah, that, that was a tough Rick Jenneret impersonation of the LaFontaine uh, sorry, call. Sorry. But, you know, but good. Thanks for trying. Thanks for trying. They uh, Two parts. You know, one is um, they got some assets back from Vegas in that particular trade. The trade that was horrible, of course, is the Ryan O'Reilly trade. And, and, you know, that's water under the bridge. And it's especially water now under the bridge with Tage Thompson. You know, one of the guys they got back scoring over 30 goals. So that's nice, albeit later, on the later side, getting some dividends. And the other thing that... I love it's both Montreal and Buffalo and now hopefully moving forward coming out of COVID world uh, I mean understanding COVID still a reality but hopefully the borders remaining open like it is uh, I love going to Buffalo for games like Leaf fans going to Buffalo like that's just awesome you can get you know great tickets at at uh, uh, different kinds of pricing and they make that building rock and uh, you'll see more of it I mean again Buffalo fans like you saw coming up here but nothing like games Toronto fans taking over the the Buffalo arena yeah no nothing nothing like it it's a great rivalry when the teams are are going it hasn't you know it's been so long since they've both been kind of you know good to great teams in this league and you know a Leafs are there now the Sabres are are definitely pushing you know we we talk about Craig Anderson there and you know I'm you know obviously a player has to be a part of this you don't want to force anybody to be a situation part of a situation and you know you as you mentioned the border always makes these things tricky we talk about the Leafs needing some goaltending depth and this isn't about Shalgren. I thought he was fine tonight, but man, uh, Craig Anderson, you'd do a lot worse to have a guy poking around in your system like that. Like uh, he's been a revelation for the Sabres and you know, the Leafs were looking around sniffing at goalies at, at the deadline. You would have, you would have loved to have been able to, you know, give the Sabres an asset to, to get this guy in the fold. Yeah. You know, and last year they did it to get David Riddick. I thought they might, and, and Craig Anderson to me is an upgrade on Riddick, but just for a depth goaltender, because I'm, you know, we, we've seen now that Western Conference playoff race, a couple of firm announcements. I mean, Mark Stone coming back from Vegas is huge. And Drew Doughty, you've been out for a while and then confirmed he's out for the rest of the season, had wrist surgery for L.A. And those are two teams vying for a playoff spot. And, and you know, tonight to hear that both Jake Muzzin uh, and uh, and the goaltender, you know, uh, and, and Jack Campbell are are out but it's for different reasons or unspecified reasons. That still doesn't make me feel warm and fuzzy. Okay, great. It's not his ribs, but I'm not exactly liking this. That that you know you're having to do this with. I don't care if he gets rested, but just you know whatever is coming into play. And you know Jake Muzzin. We said he got a lot of time in overtime. It was weird, right? We saw him. He seemed to be mm-hmm. more offensive, Jake <laughs> Muzzin, when he came back. So you know, again, hoping it's nothing significant in either case. But ah. Uh, I get a little bit of the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, you you for sure do. And again, you know, Shalgren has been kind of up and down. It's almost like exactly what you would expect if I would have told you the Leafs' third to fourth goaltender uh, was going to be playing meaningful games down down the stretch for them. You'd expect a guy to, you know, maybe show some flashes uh, that he can really handle this, maybe show some flashes that he really can't and be kind of middling in between. And that that's what I've made of Shalgren there. You know, you mentioned the injury news to Campbell. It does feel like the kind of three biggest pieces of, of Leafs 
piece news on the go right now. And, you know, we're doing the postgame show here. But let's be honest, not a, not a ton to talk about from the 5-2 losses. The injury to Campbell or the, you know, banged up nature that he's at right now. Muzzin the same thing. And then, of course, uh, you know, all signs point to Matthew Nyes not coming out now or coming out of, of college this year. He's going to stay, going to go back to school, be a golden gopher, try to win the title. That's what it looks like anyways. But it's just it, it is interesting how much news there is around this team. You know, the deadline's done. The roster's supposed to be set. And there is still this uncertainty. You know, Jake Muzzin was a guy who I liked his game a, a lot more than I saw him last time coming back from the concussions. Now he's banged up. And then, you know, we just went through this last year with the uncertainty of goaltending, except at least you had Jack Campbell sitting there when you were uncertain about Freddie Anderson. There's no Jack Campbell sitting around if Jack Campbell can't go. So, yeah, it feels like, uh, you know, I know we're doing the postgame show here, but the biggest news or the biggest pieces of news from the Leafs are all off the ice right now. So I, I guess, and I, you know, I mentioned there's, um, again, tongue-in-cheek positives are you will not play the Buffalo Sabres this year in the playoffs. Uh, as the Leafs continue, uh, the upside is that they've played especially well against teams you will face in the playoffs. And the downside is, for some reason, uh, the last while they've played down to the other teams. How about Winnipeg? How about the game being canceled tomorrow? What is this with uh, as big a storm in decades? We're talking the middle of April, (laughs) 50 to 80 centimeters of snow expected in the Manitoba area, which of course includes Winnipeg. Like, wow. So I'm kind of giving my thanks for other things. What a beautiful weather day we had today. <laughs> I just, I thought, honest to God, when I, Brad, when I looked on the screen about that a couple of days ago or yesterday, I go, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? So there, there's another blessing to count. You broke that news to me right now. I am learning that when I am this many minutes old on earth right now. I, I cannot believe that. I know they love a whiteout in Winnipeg, but man, keep it in the arena. Don't don't yeah. have it cover the, the entire province there. I'm... I'm just floored. I don't know what to say. It was beautiful. I put. I, I was walking around in sandals. I put my feet in sand on the beach today, Gord. It was so nice. And in Winnipeg, they're they're going to have a snowstorm and can't play the crack. And that's uh, man, that's that's un, that's unbelievable. I'm genuinely uh, floored by that. You know, somebody who else probably pretty shocked. Sheldon Keefe looking at a game like this. It's about ups and downs and kind of finding your rhythm. And, you know, we know he's been very hesitant to be outwardly critical to the media. But what do you think his message is to the team following games like this? You know, you mentioned how the Leafs have played kind of down to their competition at times. And the good news is they played up to it. But for a coach, I think you need to really kind of find that fine line between hammering home good habits and realizing that, you know, you don't want your team to take their foot off the gas by any means, but you can't go 100 miles an hour for four months straight. So I think it's, it's I, I, I'm curious about the kind of tact Keith takes with the team following this one. Yeah, well, we know since that time in New York, he's scaled it back and he probably got told to scale it back about some of his wording. But uh, I've liked that he's talked about the little things. And I think tonight was a great example. And uh, isn't it always like Willie Nylander involved, like just in that icing late in the game (laughs) that became a non-icing because he he and another player did not hustle on a play with the the net empty that could have kept it going. So I think that's what Sheldon Keefe will you know, take exception to, like, when you talk about the blender lines and trying that, I mean, that's part and parcel with just a game where stuff isn't going your way and you, you try that out, but it's, and so be it, it happens, it's part of the game, but but that stuff 
really grates at him and really pisses him off. And, and I mean, that's the stuff that can mean a playoff game or two or a playoff series. So uh, I, I think that is something he'll, he'll talk about and address. Yeah, the interesting thing about that is yeah, obviously Keefe doesn't like it. I'm not going to go that far. But like we said, the game as a whole kind of was what it was. Of course, there are moments you can pick up on and say, don't like this, need to have better coverage here. You know, Matthews said, hey, I got Skinner and then just completely bailed away from him on the Skinner goal. There's stuff to point at tonight. But when you have a mistake that is not a mistake, it's just a complete turning off of your brain at the tail end of a game. And that's what happened to Nylander. And I think it was Giordano, but yeah, another, another player out there with him. It's really easy for Keefe to just get worked up and be like, we cannot have this type of stuff. Whereas if you're doing it about, you know, a loss to the Sabres after you're coming off a great run and Matthews is at all his highs, maybe some of the guys are sitting there rolling their eyes a little bit, but when the mistakes that egregious, it really, really makes it easy to, to kind of hammer home. Um, we should probably make, you know, touch on a couple of positives tonight. Morgan Riley, he picks up an assist, uh, 53. That's a new career high for him. It's so funny, right? He's had such a long run here. He's only 28 years old. It feels like he could be 38 uh, with, with how often we, we talk about him. But it's, uh, you know, a career high for him, and it looked like it wasn't really happening offensively for him. Then he signs that contract extension early in the season and kind of feels like he's been a not a new player because we've seen this before, but the best version of himself since. And again, I know it's a guy you're really high on and a career high in assists for him. Yeah, absolutely. Double digits and goals up there in the scoring leaders for defensemen. Uh, I, I never kind of understood why he seemed to, for a, for a couple of years, lack that. Like and then when they talked, when Tyson Berry came over, he was going to assume that role. It didn't fit with, for him. And then it really wasn't fitting great for Morgan Riley that year as well. So great to see him back at it. And, you know, uh, TJ, like, I, he's still my stud D. I mean, TJ Brody's up there. Giordano's up there now. I mean, they've done a great job adding depth to the decor. But, you know, to me, he's the one guy that can be a difference maker. And I like Brent more and more. And he did one of them tonight, too, that he had a great chance by the side of the net. Like, like he's, he's sort of creeping in quietly as the uh, smiling, quiet assassin, fourth player in, being left alone and, uh, and, and getting, some, getting some goals from getting the puck when he's wide open the side of the net. Yeah, and it's it's no accident that he finds himself that he fi- that he finds himself down there when he has a partner that's a little more responsible. You know, you think of a guy like Labushkin who he's playing with and who was the guy he was stapled next to for so much of his early career. You know, Ron Hainsey and and Bab's favorite, Honey. Matt Hunwick, of course, the kind of responsible stalwart guys, and it allowed Mo to, to roam and, and be Mo. Uh, one one other thing I wanted to touch on before we finish up tonight. We talked a lot about the Sabres. We didn't talk about the guy making his NHL debut, Owen Power. Uh, this guy, it, it feels like he's one of the first overall picks we know the most. He's played in World Juniors. He's played at the Olympics. He's played in World Championships, and now he's finally playing in the NHL. Obviously, he had the one moment where he kind of uh, broke up the two-on-one that everybody in the world knew was going to Matthews, but I thought he just looked rock steady and uh, another really nice piece for the Sabres to build on. Yeah, just unusual, and I, th- I think it's great how it played out that he went back to school because we're used to the number one overall pick. Uh, you know, with, with it, like, let's use Jack Hughes as an example. He's finally coming into his own, but way too much hype. 
way too much hype. Like Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid were super ready as number one overall picks. Most others, Nico Heischer, same thing. Alexis Lafreniere, I mean, all, all could use another year somewhere. And I thought that was great. Owen Power did that, particularly learning to play defense, a tough position, tougher position to learn to play. So him with him and Darlene on, a, you know, that, that defense score, two solid young D, that's uh that's pretty intriguing. It's a it's it's a real nice look moving forward, and um, I know probably Buffalo News will go will gush about him a little bit more than deserved. But you're right; he looks <laughs> steady. He's a you, you got you got a stud defenseman uh, for many many years, and you see nowadays the Kale McCars of the world and others like that, like uh, Adam Fox. Like it, guys are so well taught nowadays; they're so well coached; they're so ready coming in the NHL. So who knows if he's got that kind of ability? You know, very quickly, all of a sudden. I'm, he could be in that that, uh, that Norris Trophy race, like say Adam Fox and Kale McCarr have become. Yeah, it's amazing how quickly uh, guys can kind of vault themselves to that level. And because I am who I am, Gord, I'd, I'd note the Oakville native wanted to make sure he played his first professional hockey game at Scotiabank Arena against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I will just be sitting there counting down the days until he is a UFA because I can't help myself, Gord. They all want to come home now. Bab said it. We're going to make it safe. The guys are going to want to come home. And uh, we're finally seeing that here. Uh, Gordo, not the night the Leafs wanted tonight, but always fun to uh, chop it up with you. Leafs will be back at it against the Capitals. That's on Thursday, also at home at Scotiabank Arena. Gordo, anything else before we depart here tonight? Well, it's funny you say Babs. Buffalo was the team he put the screws to at the 11th hour. Remember that? That's right. So he's the only guy that can't come home right now for some reason, right? <laughs> so, so yeah, I do I do like that, looking ahead. we got to look ahead to uh, him possibly coming. No, one of those games we'll be back at it Thursday after the Washington game. Yep, that's right. Post-game pod coming up on Thursday. That's when the Leafs are back at it. They'll be home to the Capitals. Ovechkin, Matthews, you know, that'll be fun. Rent Gunning and Gord Stelic here wrapping up what was a Leafs loss at home to the Sabres. 5-2 is the final. Thanks so much for listening to Leafs Station post-game on Sportsnet 5-9 of the Fan.